0: Welcome to Graycast, exploring the world of Greyhawk one podcast at a time. This podcast is all about bringing the classic world of Greyhawk setting to life through Greyhawk creators, Greyhawk lore, Greyhawk streamers, Greyhawk stories, and of course the vibrant Greyhawk community of gamers. Thank you for tuning in and let the exploration of Dungeons & Dragons' most classic and revered setting, The World of Greyhawk, begin now. Welcome to another edition, another episode of Greycast, the only podcast I'm aware of that is... Traversing the vast uh, coast to uh, coast, north, southeast, and west lands of our beloved classic Dungeons and Dragons setting, the world of Greyhawk. My name is Wiley Hobbit. With me, I have uh, our co host, Mateus. And we have got a treat for you um, William Henry Vordak. Good the job. Hungarian pronunciation I practiced. Good, good to good see job. you, sir. You. Good to see you guys. Or here, I guess, in this case, since we're podcasting, but right now I can see you, so.
1: Yes, yes. And any chance to see you is always a bright day.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, That's the best I've heard uh, from anyone in a while, so I'll take it.
1: Yeah, mom taught me how to lie really good. I mean...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I'll take that. That's fine. So we're going to be talking about some regional lore, another realm or another bit of geography that uh, fascinates and draws us into Greyhawk. And you are a a uh, subject matter expert on the Bone March. I'm um, not sure if that's because you've been there or you've just <laughs> done a lot in game oh, yeah. or what. Um, but we always like to kick things off uh, by asking our guests, how did you get into Dungeons & Dragons You know, back in the day? And how did you get into Greyhawk? Well, I got into Dungeons & Dragons
1: um, through the Endless Quest books pillars of pentagon to be specific um got that through the uh uh the school book drive along with the original uh dungeons and dragons coloring book and the uh um dungeons and dragons cartoon i'm like the only person i ever hear say that everybody's not like oh i got this book and my brother got me into it but i got in through the media and then um that got me interested enough that i went and i i sought out Uh, Dungeons and Dragons the game and people uh, to to play it with and uh, what have you and um, so that's that's what started me off. Now what got me started into Greyhawk um, were the modules because when I got started into Dungeons and Dragons I started you know purchasing and collecting um, uh, the modules and things along these lines and uh, you got Because 83 83 is when the first, the folio comes out, right? So I didn't get the folio right away, but I had a bunch of modules. And in the modules, they'd always talk about different places about Greyhawk. And then when I got the folio, it helped cement where those places were. And it was just through reading about it. And um, I liked it. And uh, anytime anything would pop up about Greyhawk, I would get it. I... I did an awful lot more collecting of Greyhawk and reading about Greyhawk than I ever did mm. playing in Greyhawk when I was younger. Uh, it wasn't until later that uh, um, a lot of role playing within Greyhawk started happening, and that was with me being the DM most of the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, yep. so what what was your first edition that, that that you played? First edition would be a hodgepodge. It would definitely have been the basic. Um, uh, set the one with the uh, Earl Otis covers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's not the Metzner one, is it? That no, Metzner's no. the red one. It's the um, that's either Holmes or um, not um, Holmes because Holmes is the blue cover. Then, then it's the good old Moldvay Cook. Moldvay Cook. There we go. That's it. That's why I couldn't remember because it's two names. <laughs> yep. So it would be that one, but I only, I only kind of like was on and I never was on that solely. It was a mixture between that and like advanced. Um, and it really depended on just who I was playing with uh, more than anything else, because I didn't have early on, I didn't have um, a steady group. I would find out from a person that this person played DD, and then I would uh, like ask them if I could join their group or I was definitely remember in the good old days. You go down to the hobby shop and it had the bulletin board and you'd go just like, looking for players, good for players and, looking, and, looking for players, looking for games. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I would. I I used to peruse that stuff. I didn't get a steady D and D group. I had steady Marvel superheroes group way before that, but D and D didn't become a steady game for me until the early nineties, um, early to mid nineties.
2: And and so, how many editions have you played? And what do you currently play? I've
1: played pretty much every edition but fourth. Uh, I'm currently playing um, the uh, fifth edition uh, mostly. Um, I, I I found um, from uh, oh gosh what what's the guy Scruffy Grognard. Um, he's got a version. It's advanced third edition Dungeons and Dragons. So basically, what he did is he he envisioned and took first edition and mixed it together with a general progression if Gygax is still there and brings together like third edition with the uh, first and second edition and and it's super heavily Greyhawk influenced he's got a bunch of Greyhawk stuff that's there too and whatnot and he has the um, uh, PDF files for printing and what have you for Um, I just can't find anybody to play it with me (laughs) So everybody <laughs> wants, everybody wants to, they're either like hardcore. They want to play first or they are, they're down with fifth edition. Um, but yeah, currently now I'm, I'm uh, mostly fifth edition.
0: Sweet. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about this bit uh, of lore that we came to discuss tonight. Um, the area in uh, Greyhawk affectionately known by many as the bone March um, first, let's just talk logistics, uh, geography, the placement of Bone March on the map, um, geographical features. Let's uh, let's get into that a little bit.
1: Yeah, Bone March is going to be uh, north of the North Province, uh, and then of course it's going to be let me say that southwest of Radic, mm-hmm. or if you could just go west from Raddock, even too, because it kind of like snakes down over there on the side, uh, and then you've got the Pale if you go across um the mountains there uh to it um so it's kind of smushed in between and then of course uh, i almost forgot if you go uh west from there you go into the flinty hills and go to nairon yep. so yeah it's a completely landlocked area um with all the um a bunch of powerful people kind of hanging around <laughs> indeed
0: indeed and we're gonna we're gonna dive into that a little bit here in a minute um with the geography it's pretty hilly and it's as you mentioned it's bordered by the rakers on the west Mm -hmm. and north um but it's also got some forest in the far northeast into the southern border but really the river um is what probably cuts it off from the north province would you say
1: yeah i basically you've got um i always look at it as um that this is more like a Scotland in its makeup uh, because it is definitely hilly. Um, it has high moors, um, you know, it, it, the wreckers are, 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 are cutting it off there and it's uh, it does have some force, but all the force, like you say, the forest is on the outskirts right. of, of the different ones there. So um, it is encapsulated by two rivers too. And then let's see. Yeah. Um, go in here and open this up let me grab my map of it so i can speak
2: absolutely and as you're grabbing that that map what's i've heard two different things about john's port is john's part part of radic or is it part of the bone march was uh, and if that if that's going to get into history we can save that for the history bit
1: no, Johnsport, from my understanding, from everything that I've read, uh, John's part is, uh, depending on which area you go into, um, you've got more, um, uh, I'm sorry, if you go into like uh, Gygax era, okay, Johnsport is actually, if I'm not mistaken, it's part of, it's part of the Northern Province. And it's it's heavenly influenced from there and it gets lost and gets taken uh, mm. and from there. Then, like in in Living Greyhawk, they have uh, Johnsport is like its own little thriving community and 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 so forth. Um, so, I think it really it's one of those grab bag sort of things because in Gygax, when Gygax was writing in the. Um, uh, in the dragon magazines in the earlier magazines, like 65 and, and what have you, he talks about the sacking of, of Johnsport and he talks about the battles there, you know, but it's, it's talked about in as being part of, it's like a free city, but influenced in overwatched by the Northern province. Um, so it really depends now. Like when I wrote about it, I pretty much, uh, had it as basically a free city within uh the boundaries of the bone march sort of like a a kind of a leftover from when uh the great kingdom used to dominate uh the bone march itself Mm -hmm. and uh when the bone march fell it held out for a while but then of course you know it really depends on which view of history that you want to go with i i had it fall to the humanoid invasion because um there's not really much that talks about that that is in canon as far as what happened to, to, to John's everything that I could find outside of Gygax's original stuff is non-canon because like living Greyhawk, that's non-canon, you know, and living Greyhawk had like all kinds of different stuff for it because there's a lack of actual cities and, 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 um, uh, population centers there, uh, for, uh, people to, for them to like, uh, base their adventures around and things like that i'm assuming that's why they did that
0: interesting plus it's you know way 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 east on the coast and it's in the probably the narrowest part of the current you know mm-hmm. boundaries of of the bone march as anna meyer has it on her map between Raddock and the north province so yeah so you mentioned a lot of hills high moors high plains grass bordered by mountains rivers let's talk a little bit now um I suppose, politically, uh, governments, factions. Uh, you know What organizations exist in the Bone March, uh, politically speaking?
1: Well, I did, of course, like a, a studious fellow, I brought up the map so that I could get the... Uh, now, the Teaser Torrent is the major river. The one that right. I couldn't remember is the Harp. The Harp River is the one that comes down out of um, the Raker Mountains uh, south. And basically, mm-hmm. the Bone March is encapsulated by these two rivers. So, um, and that's what makes it a little bit more, um, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily call it easy, more easily defendable, but it's a lot easier to keep those humanoids <laughs> on the other side of the river. That's so right. Yeah. So I'm sorry. What would you say uh, about the, what was your last question?
0: Yeah. So the politics, the, the government uh, factions, what organizations exist there in the bone March?
1: Well, when, I looked into it again, uh, as far as anything uh, canonical, you've got Gygax's stuff from Out of Dragons. Right. Um, his stuff out of Dragons, uh, out of the Dragon magazines, pretty much only centers around uh, two places. You've got Neural, and, usually, and pretty much Neural's it. Now, Spinecastle is mentioned, and mentioned quite heavily, but it's only mentioned in the fact it's in the backdrop of the Battles. Right. You know, it's in the backdrop of the battles against the barbarians and, you know, uh, and and against the hordes. Um, So I guess that's where the remnants of the old uh, northern province people, you know, they had their uh, the uh, the government when it was when it was a province up there. Uh, But that out after after the humanoids come in, you know, there's not really much there. Uh, it's taken over by them, so I guess you can say it's it's their uh, center of power. Mm-hmm. Um, but the majority of the writing is really on neural and right. um, uh, Dunstan and uh, those sort of things. Now, in when Gygax writes about it, they're evil. <laughs> they're not good guys. Um, they work uh, hand in hand with the North Province, uh, to during the wars, um, but the Dunstan and, and his his descendants are are all categorized as uh, slicko car salesman type of guys that are playing off of. Um, the, uh, the North province trying to get as much as they can out of the armies that are coming through. This is back during the, uh, the wars between uh, the, the barbarians and, the, um, and uh, the North province and the Great Kingdom. But, and really that's it. Um, John's part is pretty much not an issue or has any center of power except for Knowles. Uh, Spine Castle after uh, the defeat of Northern Province and the Great uh, um, the Great Kingdom's forces there after they're destroyed, um, it just becomes that becomes the hub for humanoids, and you don't really get much else. I mean, pretty much uh, like I say, Neural is it, and all they say about Neural is that Neural is the only bastion that is not conquered and then that's it right i mean if you're looking for a place this is why when i was writing stuff on the greyhawk companion that all the stuff that went up there that became uh the uh the uh bone march companion all that information that got put into there which is you have to give a tip tip of the hat to uh matthias about that because that's that's all i wrote some of the stuff but that's all the the compilation of that it's all matthias but That all comes out of the stream that we did that was set in uh, the Bone March. And the reason we chose, or I should say I chose the Bone March to do it, is it's completely wide open. Right. Now, there's a lot of suggested things, like the populations of Spine Castle and John's Fort and the little homesteads and villages that are dotted throughout the Bone March While they were destroyed, the population wasn't. And Gygax writes about them becoming nomadic within the area and uh, and becoming wandering tribes. Um, So um, basically what I did with that is I had them go back to their roots and I had a number of different druids that helped to uh, gather them organize them and move them around um, he doesn't really say much else about who or what those people are but he does say that there are um, those those populations that were able to escape it doesn't say anything about people fleeing out of the bone march going further south or maybe going west into the nairond or over into radic um, but primarily staying in the lands, but becoming, uh, like I say, nomadic.
2: And, um, brief, just briefly tell us about neural. Is it a city? Is it a province?
1: Is it a, neural's a small city, a small city, right? And there's a,
2: and there's a County isn't there
1: that goes with the The County of neural goes along with it. Now the neural itself got bolstered up because it was the jumping off point for all of the, um, the great kingdoms' uh, military excursions in there, um, when the wars are going on and troops needed to be funneled up into the Bone March, they all traveled through Neural, and this is how Neural was able to get larger, and you know was able to, to, to reap the reap the benefits of those troops coming through and the coin that they would sit, you know spend while they were coming through there. So, but it's a small, it's a small city. Um, If I remember correctly, the total amount of population is, it's not over like 3000. So it's, which is big considering for its location, but um, yeah, but as a whole, it's not, not very large and it fluctuated and depending on which sources you were looking at. um, so.
2: Yeah, I'm just. I'll look briefly here at um, Bone March Neural uh, by the time what five ninety one Neural is thirteen thousand five hundred with John's. I'm- that's by that, that's according to the Living Greyhawk Gazetteer
1: okay that's living gray so they, they do have it as the substantially higher population point. So, uh, I, I guess that it must could... be that must be i guess they're taking into account the refugees that would probably come in and, and, mm. and
0: settle in there from being dispersed throughout because of the humanoid uh, the cursed yeah. invasion well and i wonder if that that encompasses then the whole county
1: yeah, but you see, yeah. that's another thing too. Like right there, it's the this is what I'm talking about, especially like with Johnsport. Like in Living Greyhawk, Johnsport is a viable city. You go further back, and Johnsport's not. I mean, it's 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 a center point of getting smashed uh, by uh, barbarians, and if it wasn't bar, the barbarians don't take it, but the humanoids do. You know, so.
2: So briefly tell us about the 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 peoples that live in the um, in the Bone March. The peoples, the culture, the demi humans, uh, the humanoids. Yeah. What people groups
1: live in the Bone March? Surprisingly, um, you would think that there would have been something written about the dwarves up in the Rakers, and it's not really. Um, you see dwarves written about it. Um, in in the living greyhawk you see them pop up there and the uh, the dwarven tribe names that you have over there are all hawaiian and they're all over there between bone march the border between bone march and uh radic um, through the pass and that's because in living greyhawk uh, bone march uh, was in was hawaii's region so the um there are gnomes and the You hills and gnomes from the flinty hills are related. It's uh they say that the, that they're essentially cousins, but that's the pretty much your only um, type of, demihumans that are written about of any sort um now like if you go and you look in through say like the living uh greyhawk uh living gazetteer it'll it'll give you the percentages and to say like okay you got a handful of halflings and so forth and whatnot but there's no major other populations Mm -hmm. in there and you would think that there there something would have been written more about the dwarves that were up in the rakers but there hadn't been. Um, as far as humans, too, you would think there'd be a heavier flan presence there, but there's not as far as in like what Gygax writs, writes about it. Um, you can catch a smattering of it here and there as far as um hinted towards there being some flan because you had directly south of them was the um the uh flan uh kingdom of um sorry my alarm's going out there uh there was the uh that northern flan kingdom that was there but that doesn't um you don't really see any writing about that you all you hear about from the time that Gygax writes about it is that these are the descendants of those humans that are still there these are all descendants of the north kingdom and then after the North Kingdom, uh, basically, that's it. Because the next thing that they, they're they writing about is the cursed invasion in the incoming of the orcs and the hobgoblins and the giants and the gnolls. And that becomes the next power base. Um, they do say a little bit about uh, the Fruski and, the, you know, the different barbarians that would come down and raid in there like they used to raid in radic They, too, would come down into the Bone March to raid. Um, and they would, some of them did settle and mix with the, uh, the inhabitants of the great kingdom, the, the you know, ridian stock that would be there at Spine Castle before the, uh, before that's crushed and taken over by the, uh, by the humanoids.
2: And so there's, there's like a, a, a substantial humanoid presence. uh that,
1: Yeah and they're, That's they're prom- pretty much all it is yep. right now. I mean aside the, the 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 writings the, the suggestions of the um, the iridians um, that end up becoming um, you know nomadic there's no other real mention of any other peoples there um, there's mention of 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 Radic you know, and the remnants of Radic being over there, um, the uh, you can find where they say that the um, uh, what are the knights from uh, the Great Kingdom, the, um, the guys that were smashed, um, Knight protectors. There's mm. the word. Uh, the Knight protectors they were uh, stationed up there, and they had a, a large contingent in Spine Castle. And during, uh, you know, they were key in the destroying of the barbarian invasions and stuff like that. But when the cursed invasion occurs and the humanoids are are uh, come in and take over, those who remained of that go to Raddick. So mm-hmm. you have you have um, uh, Raddick being one of the last locations of the Knights Protectors, and the bulk of those guys are f- the remnants of what was left over when Spine Castle fell. And speaking of, of knights, um, is there anything?
2: Um, is there um, uh, any any other uh, interesting thing of mention in relation to knights in the
1: um,
2: in the Bone March?
1: Right. Well, you've got death knights <laughs> You've got death knights And they're all on the border there uh, of, the, uh, of the highlands uh, Right across the river where they have all the highland forts And what have you um, to, to keep them in, in, uh, in Bay Just just um, when
2: you thought that a bunch of
1: a, a Massive
2: armies of orc Orc and gnolls Weren't, weren't, weren't right. enough to deal
1: with You've got death knights yes exactly and that's now the death knights and stuff like that that's something that comes later you're talking about that that comes during third edition that that gets interjected into there yep. um, before that the, that wasn't there at all so and um, uh, what's the name of that uh, the castle it's Diermark or something like that okay. if our- DeFar. far there you far go the castle yeah the there it is that's 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 the um where yeah. that where the death knight guy lives at yeah. but it's like there's nothing really that's ever done with that it's almost it, I, when i looked at the um, the Bone March it was kind of like an afterthought In my opinion I mean it's like Sure he's these are he's supposed To be a leftover um, from the time When the Knights Protectors were there at Spine Castle and you know And then he too uh, You know becomes a, a Death Knight later um,
2: But now to be fair the, the, plug, the plug was probably pulled before They had a chance to do anything with it uh, Because the author of the Death Knights article In Living Greyhawk was Gary Hawleyan
1: right yeah, I, but I don't know. It's like when I went through and the, the material that I looked at for for my fleshing out of the Bone March and everything I did was primarily I used Gygax's stuff. Um, this uh, Everything that came out of the Dragon magazines. Um, even when we did our stream there, I didn't focus on the Death Knights at all because it's just this little area. It's on the teaser torrent nobody goes there nobody does anything there's a death knight lives there and everybody's like okay so that's just where that guy's at you know and like i say it kind of i always thought that it it didn't fit you know now granted if somebody could come i mean if gary has more information about that um that he wanted to put down and because i know that in the later um uh dragon magazines they do talk about uh Gary Not
2: wrote Gary. the only, yeah. Gary wrote the only, the only actual right. adventure, the Spine Castle module. The
1: Spine Castle, yeah, exactly. Um, which is another thing that, uh, when it came to uh, the Bone March, I didn't touch because why would I? <laughs> you know, Gary had already done that stuff. So going back through, uh, the only thing that I ever did with Spine Castle was uh, name uh, some of the different. Um, uh, humanoid clans that were in there uh and those names come from uh the the dragon articles back in i'm pretty sure it's 65 uh dragon 67 it's all it's towards the later end of uh gygax writing about greyhawk in there that, that, that a lot of that stuff pops up
0: interesting so you've we've kind of danced around some of the major historic events can you give us just a brief Kind of history of the biggest, you know, kind of in chronological order, the biggest events in the history of the Bone March getting us maybe up, you know, to, to 591.
1: Yeah. The, well there's there's two. You've got the uh, crushing of the barbarians um at spine at the battle at Spine Castle. Um and then that's where the Bone March gets its name. Because they're saying that the the fields of the dead left after the uh, the battle, the bones there were too many to bury. They're left there to rot and wither, and for uh, you know many years afterwards, the bones could be seen, and thusly it became the Bone March. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what stemmed the the barbarian invasion that came in. Now that happens back in um that five? It's like the forties. I don't know the specific date, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, cause the uh, 562, 563 is when the cursed invasion happens and that's the next big thing in that. And so you have, it was like 20 years after the fact that the cursed invasion is the influx of the humanoids. Okay. Um, by that time, due to the, due to the politics in the, in the great kingdom, um, The Bone March didn't have um, the troops it used to, you know, a lot of those uh, after uh, because things had quieted down up in the the Bone March by that time. So when the humanoids come during the cursed invasion, um, they basically are able to very easily go through and wipe everybody out, even for a place like Spine Castle, which is uh, a hefty uh, uh, fortification. Huh, yeah because yeah, they're very they're able to to take that take that out pretty easily so
0: i want to talk for a couple of minutes about your work on the bone march this uh this work that you put together um the writing you did that uh matthias had done the editing and compiling just tell us a little bit about what that's about maybe what that covers uh chronologically how that fits into the the bone march that we've all come to know and love
1: Basically, what that all stemmed from, uh, it stemmed from uh, one of the streams uh, that I did back when we were streaming the Greyhawk Adventures, and we set uh, that stream in the Bone March. Um, essentially, it all takes place, everything that I had written, now granted, I go back and I pull the information out of, like I said, those earlier uh, Dragon magazines, Um but everything that I had written in there has to do with the after effects. Um, I go through and I named the different tribes of the, um, uh, of the humans that were left over, um, named the Druids that, uh, were leading them, um, uh, put into place the, uh, the descendants of Dustin, uh, in, uh, neural, uh, I actually turned neural from, uh, an evil place into a good place, but then again, in Living Greyhawk, um, it's a good place too. It's it's not a, it's not an evil place anymore by then. Uh, and then I did a lot of work, and I put put a bunch of dwarves in the Raker Mountains that were not over there by uh, by Raddick. Uh and essentially it all takes place. You're talking 591 in further. I, I based a campaign in like 595. Um, so basically everything is calmed down to a point. Um, the humanoids that are there are pretty set in their ways, although there's of course rivalry between the different tribes, and uh they're sending out a lot of their troops, uh for the Herzog down in the Northern province to go fight for him. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's not like the humanoids are really looking to, uh, move together as a group and, and, and go and conquer. I mean, right. the earlier on, they were looking at conquering, like, okay, we'll continue on. We'll go to the flinty Hills and so forth. But then, um, when they find out that North province is more than willing to employ them to kill people for them, they're like, well, Hey, that's kind of a good deal. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. There's some interesting things going on with the Overking and and some of the humanoids, you know, yeah. tied to the bone March, which the politics of that whole thing is really fascinating. Yeah.
2: And and if you're, if you're playing in a bone March campaign, that, um, what is his name? Yep.
0: Yep. In the North province,
2: he's a great villain to use because he wants to, to use those, um, those humanoid armies, the orc army specifically. Yeah. Oh, too. and he
1: is, he's got tons of them down in the North province. Um, they're hanging out down there and uh, they're actually at the time of like, uh, they're talking in the living uh, gazetteer. Uh, the humanoids are getting restless because they, well, Hey, we want to fight something while we're down here. And uh, so, and Grenel is the one that he's, probably one of the most powerful guys that's left after the overking goes through and basically, you know, decides to be generous and turn all of his most loyal subjects into a dead, you know? <laughs> so, but uh, you know, he's never fallen for that. He, he was still sitting strong militarily and he doesn't have any, um, any ambitions in the bone March. Um, he did, Early on, and if you look in the early uh, guys writings in Dragon Magazine, he's the, he's the fellow who's leading the armies and whatnot that are going up into the Bone March, uh, even back fighting uh, against the barbarian invasion and stuff. Um, so, uh, But afterwards, no, he's, his attention's all turned uh, towards his neighbors in what used to be the Great Kingdom as far as expansion goes that's the the bone march is very open there's like a power vacuum in there there's a lot of different organizations right but no one's got enough power to really do anything none of the the all the humanoid tribes are fact fractured they're not like some big cohesive group. Um, you basically, you got a faction that is in Johnsport, and you have a faction that's up in Spine Castle, and they're comprised of different um, you know tribes that you know wax and wane in their influence. Um, then you have the roaming, roaming, uh, roving nomads uh, of the. Uh, Old populations of like Johnsport and mm-hmm. Spine Castle and those sort of things, and then you've got Neural, and Neural's not uh, strong enough really to do anything because they're constantly fighting against these humanoids in the Bone March. They're being raided by um, by mm-hmm. them, you know. Uh, during the war, they were spared, but they've been fighting this whole time anyway, and and, and trying to keep keep themselves, you know, um, from getting overrun by those humanoids that are still there
2: and if you if you look at the um gary uh, uh gary spine um module in in uh dragon magazine or dungeon magazine wherever it appeared um i think i might have been dungeon it's um, dungeon yeah um but anyway he described he just brief has a brief little backdrop and he describes that neural is actually on the confluence of yeah, of those two yeah. rivers and that suddenly makes sense on why it was so it didn't fall to all these um yeah. orc armies because you have w- water on either side and a one big wall in the front it's much easier to defend one wall than it is yes. to be encircled and if you hold the if you hold if the the, the bridges across the those rivers are behind your wall they can't um, they can't uh, starve you because you, you have access mm-hmm. to the, the, the south side of the river. Um, and, well, and so- Neural,
1: Neural predates Spine Castle as a, as a, as a, as a fortification and as a, it, uh, um, uh, a center of uh, like a town in, in, in a city because that's where they originally, um, that's the springboard and always was the springboard of the great kingdom going up in there. When they they were first pushing in there, that's where they set up base first. So like their fortifications and whatnot, you would think would be pretty well uh, established with the amount of history that it has behind it, especially with going in and and subduing that land like they did Mm -hmm. Um, for That's like, even when they, There's never really any mention of serious humanoid problems in the bone march until the cursed invasion, you know, before that, it's always, this is how the barbarians come down. They come down through the pass. They come, they, you know, they cut South across what will become the bone march into, uh, into the great kingdom and those who were homesteading up in the bone march. So that, I mean, you don't even hear about that is as far as there being any kind of substantial threat there. So, and I and, would, I would assume that's probably because of the simple fact that the, the barbarians had such a presence there. They themselves probably kept the, uh, the clans, the humanoid clans in check. And most people say the common belief is, is that because of the great kingdom checking the barbarians and putting such a large, beat down on them like they do um that's what begets the humanoid rise in power and population to the point that now they boil out of the rakers and then take the bone march as a consequence of it
0: yep and And let's briefly
2: um just tell us maybe a, a few good adventure
1: ideas um for this region um there's yeah. tons. tons. I'll, I'll I'll start off with the very first thing. The entire premise of when we were streaming there, the story that was set up is that the um, uh, the count of Neural uh, is looking to uh, essentially expand and uh, get more uh, um, more territory, and he's doing that by setting up fortified uh, towns, and he's going up the Harp River. Dropping fortified towns and, you know, adventurers uh, were hired to go and be uh, essentially uh, protectors slash law slash mercenaries, basically to, to do uh, different types of jobs uh, for them while they're there. Um, their spine castle. Which you can, you know, that has an actual already written adventure in Dungeon magazine that you can get. Um, you there's all kinds of adventures that you could have as the descendants because you're talking about by the time that, like in the five nineties, you're talking it's like thirty years later from the time that these. Uh, the inhabitants of Johnstown and Spine Castle that became nomadic have been living up there displaced in a more um, nomadic lifestyle. So, you have adventures that you could have with those people, um, you know, as as well as the slave trade from the Knolls in in, in Johnstown and stuff like that. I mean, because they're raiding out of Johnstown up through the, the woods there into Raddick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yes, yeah. it's, it's an
0: ideal place for the keep on the borderlands. Yep. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: I, uh, my first streamed game, um, I ran B1 um, from the Goodman compilation into the borderlands, I think they called it. Um, yeah, into the borderlands. And it was the the Caskatin adventure. And I placed it up at the end of the rakers between the rakers and the gamboge, and the party assembled in Edgefield. And I had politics and orc encampments going on with uh, you know, ties to the to Grinnell, and they had to go through Neural to, to go find uh Caskatin. And it, it's just a clean slate of I mean, there's there's uh, ample monsters and things. There's uh, you're not too sure if Neural is good or not. Um, I mean, it's not an evil empire, but you know, if you're not from there, you're a little careful. Um, but it's, it's like a clean slate because all the, all the things you want, um, are there or, um, within reach for a really great adventure. Yeah. Edgefield
1: Edgefield used to have an awful lot of ties to the bone march back before it fell. Because again, talking about soldiers and people Mm -hmm. that were used to then, um, uh, Like uh, populate the the Bone March for the Great Kingdom uh, and settle there. They come from Edgefield.
0: Yeah, kind of jumping off.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly, because the Bone March was you know Grenell is was at one time looking to incorporate that all into the Northern province. Mm. That's when Gygax is writing about it. That's what he's writing about. He's writing about the wars. He's writing about Grendel, setting up his troops there and starting to incorporate all that. And then, um, you know, a lot of those people are coming out of Edgefield and that is the, they would go to Edgefield from Edgefield. They would go, they cross the teaser, they go to neural, and then they would head off into, uh, different places in the, uh, um, in the bone march which leads me to believe that the teaser's got to be pretty rough along along most of its length yeah. except for when you get down to neural it that's probably where,
0: yeah that's where our party crossed was a was a nice stone bridge uh, not not far from neural so right right awesome so where um where can people find you on the interwebs you've made a couple of references to streaming um and your your work with the bone march and that how can folks uh you know see this stuff or or get with you to learn more about the bone march and other things you're into
1: the um well i i don't really stream anymore uh there's a uh, we have one game that is a periodic that pops up from time to time uh but as far as streaming uh wicked studios has is stepped back from that for a while um i had a choice of either continue streaming or continue writing and uh i chose writing so due to you know due to the real world yep. um so eventually that might happen again uh but for now um you can see me uh as far as anything that i'm writing currently on the greyhawkcompanion.com or just greyhawkcompanion.com uh and basically that's where you can find all the articles that i wrote on uh on the bone march uh you can also there's also a link on there as well if you wanted to get the uh the bone march companion um and basically all that information that was in there um that's all the information i compiled for the stream because anytime i anytime i am getting ready to run i'm notorious with writing backstory going through finding out the different things um tons of stuff that's never used but it's there in case i need to 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 give an answer so
0: well and if you've never dm'd I, for me anyway is as a, as a pretty active dm half the fun of dming is the prep and the learning and the immersion yes. you experience and so you may write and create and learn and research knowing full well there's no possible way this could ever see the light of day but it sure is cool to have it and it helps you immerse the players into the yeah. into the region as well i think <laughs>
1: Well, and that's the big thing that I had. The whole reason all that information came up and I wrote all that I did about it is because I needed answers to be able to throw out. So it's like, okay, all right, there's nomads. Well, well, what about them? <laughs> you know, so I had to devise the tribal system that they had and, and what have you. Um, as far as neural, it's like, okay, well, Dunstan isn't really um, in charge. Uh, i don't I, I think in living greyhawk I, I he might be in the gazetteer but they talk an awful lot about his sister and what have you and it's like okay so it's all set up for a bunch of court intrigue so i'm like okay well what is really going on with that you know what's happened up there in in johnsport you know why are the why aren't the humanoids going anymore uh and, and attempting to uh you know uh, push their agenda so and that's where all of that came from why are yeah. the, what's going on with the gnomes i mean yeah. the gnomes the poor gnomes are there the entire time they uh gygax does write about them joining in the battles but that's it you don't really yeah. hear much else of, of, of a note about that at all so um so yeah so you can find other stuff that i write about like I, i'm currently doing a uh, uh a a plethora of greyhawk fifth edition paladins it's uh, I, had cool. done, I had done something similar to this with warlocks and uh, hero gods but basically uh, because fifth edition uh, uh, paladin oaths are not really connected to deities but uh, it i I feel that the to give it more of that old school fa- flavor and to tie it to greyhawk i'm I'm uh, making oaths for all of the different oh. greyhawk gods. That's cool, yeah. So, and then whatever else strikes my fancy. So, but aside from that, the only other thing I'm really currently doing, aside, uh, I am writing. We've got the, uh, um, we're doing. It's not Rook Roost, but it is a Ravens Rook companion. Uh, It's basically we're writing a uh, a story um, supplement, not a story, a a city supplement for um, what. Ravensrook, so uh, so it's a lot like uh, like Carlos Lysing does, uh, where mm-hmm. we're stri- we're stripping out the IP, but it's essentially it's Roost from the Bandit Kingdoms. So that's in production, and we've got uh, uh, a couple of other adventures that are in in production uh, right now. So, but uh, that's awesome. So yeah.
2: give us your th- two sentence elevator pitch. Why should I play? in bone
1: march you should play in bone march because it's a a blank canvas with a bunch of um adventure hook opportunities for the pre-existing uh people and organizations that used to belong there there's some hanging on by their fingernails and then there's um you know what was left behind uh, plenty of ruins, plenty of uh, humanoids to kill, uh, plenty of people willing to pay you to go and do a good deed by killing a
0: Orc chieftain or a tribesman for them. It's rich. It's rich. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's our time. Uh, William, it's really good to see you again and really cool to kind of dive into a, uh, I don't know, less explored. Uh, maybe, you know, there's not a lot of modules set in the Bone march so it's a little, maybe a little more obscure, but man, is there uh, fodder for gaming up there? Holy cow. There is. That's one of the
1: things like the, the further out you go from the center of the wheel of the flaness, which is the central area. Uh, the more you find these type of, uh, you know, type of places that have a lot of seeds and kernels that are thrown out there, um, you know, but it's not fleshed out, you right. know? So it's, it's, perfect for being able to go in there and you know you've got radic on one side you've got uh, the northern kingdom to the south what remains of uh, the influence of nairon to the west but then you have all the political intrigue that goes on in with the humanoids there uh Neuro holding on like i say the nomads that sort of thing and dwarves that was my favorite thing about writing in the bone march was fleshing out some Dwarven clans up in, in the Rakers uh, Mm -hmm. that could, that had an invested interest in what was going on.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we sure. Thank you for your time and talents and all of your, uh, your knowledge and history and gaming in the, in the bone March. So we'll be back uh, in another couple of weeks with another episode of gray cast. In the meantime, give us a follow on Twitter at Graycast five, seven, six, I'm Wally Hobbit. On behalf of William Vorak and our co-host, Matthias, we'll see you uh, on the other side. Enjoy your adventures around the world of Greyhawk. You've been listening to the Greycast Podcast, where we explore the world of Greyhawk one podcast at a time. Matthias and I are excited to share our passion for the world of Greyhawk with each of you. We'll drop episodes every other Monday featuring all things Greyhawk. Please refer us to all your cool, nerdy Greyhawkean friends and allies, even your most hated enemies at the gate. You can find our podcast on Spotify, and be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Greycast576 to keep up with Greycast. next time remember it's a dangerous business going out your door you step onto the road and if you don't keep your feet there's no knowing where you might be swept off to